We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. for Golden State. One of the great playoff runs of all time is complete. Yet again, Andy Lou, we've got Sam, Sam here, Light Years <laughs> Pod episode, number 36. 36, 36, we're not going to do um, Who Wears 36 because we've got someone, special guest this week, Sam. Warrior fans, all-time favorite person, the largest Steph Curry fan uh, out there, uh, someone who never gets into trouble with Warriors fans, uh, Matt Moore. How are you doing? I'm good. Did you guys do a, a 31 episode, or did you guys just skip the 3-1 entirely? Oh, God. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm already going to cancel this episode. Truly, yeah, truly. <laughs> I already regret asking this guy. Um, there, there was literally one thing that we wanted to talk about for, like, me and Sam were arguing, like, are we going to talk about this the entire pod, or are we just going to go over why Steph is... Uh, you know, a mediocre point guard for 30 minutes, maybe an hour, hour and a half. We're going to leave that up to you, Matt, because we can, we can do this dance all day. Um, and I think, I think most of the followers that enjoy, <laughs> enjoy the timeline is going to want to know what's going on anyway, from your perspective. So it's, it's open, open floor for you. Now that he's, now that Steph Curry's hurt and you know, the Warriors are basically a lottery team. Um, how do you Back. justify? How do you justify Back. saying Steph is not a point guard? Here's why is this insulting? This is why I can't get it. It's like, <clears throat> here's the full thing. Uh, I believe that when he's done, Steph Curry is going to be regarded as a top five player. I think he's going to leap Larry Bird. 
I think he's going to leap Wilt Chamberlain. I think he's going to leap. I think on a lot of people's list, he's going to leap Magic Johnson. Like, think about that. He's going to leap Magic Johnson. He is the greatest shooter to have ever stepped foot on a basketball court, bar none. He is an unbelievable player that has not only transcended his peers, but has single-handedly revolutionized the sport and altered the direction that it will take with young players for the next 15 years. It is irrevocable what Steph Curry has done to the sport in a way that no player outside of Michael Jordan has ever done. No player has ever done what he's done except Jordan, and that includes LeBron James. This is not a qualitative question, okay? It's not a quantitative <laughs> question, rather. It's, it's not a question of – it's not a value judgment. It's not – if I look there and I say, you know who's, who's, a, you know who's a point guard? You know who is a point guard? Jameer Nelson. Jameer Nelson is a point guard. <laughs> I am not then saying Jameer Nelson is fucking better than <laughs> Steph Curry. I'm saying – that what Steph Curry does, the dude has transcended the position. And really, the Warriors are endemic of this, right? Like, we identify the Warriors more than any other team. Even though the Spurs started flexing positions in in really dramatic ways between 2012 and 2014. Even though the Phoenix Suns were really going and stretching those things well beyond what we thought was possible. Even though the, the Don Nelson Warriors for years had no regard for positionality. Hey, the LeBron the Heat. The Warriors have redefined positional flexibility in a way that, that no other team has. So it would make sense then that their most iconic player would not fit into neat, handy descriptions. It doesn't matter that Steph Curry's not a point guard. He's Steph Curry. You don't need a point guard when Steph Curry's on the floor. Do you know why? You have Steph fucking Curry. <laughs> so thank you, Matt, for that beautiful soliloquy. Oh, no, it's the been great. I'll see you guys later. Peace out. <laughs> I feel like we um, should just cut up that those two minutes and just just loop it over and just over loop again. It. Really, that should be my ringtone for the for the next few years. Um, but okay, so I'm not gonna argue with that specifically. I will say, from let's say Steph's perspective, um, for example, uh, he is someone that likes to be or would like to be viewed as a point guard. There is a reason there are times like when KD was on the team and he wasn't someone that was against I'm his. Sure he was viewed as a lockdown defender too i'm well, sure he, he knows that he is somebody who didn't who didn't throw the ball out of bounds in game seven <laughs> to blow a 3-1 lead both of those things happened but that's not to say that he isn't one that's the thing i feel like so so actually it comes down to the question for this because you do agree not with me but with people that say he's not you don't like watching the way he plays right that's the step gotten, i would say that i would say that now that's not accurate um I think like that, that you don't like it or you just don't like it as much? Um, I think that now I'm kind of like I don't – I am I would say well, – I'll say this. I don't share in the euphoria that other people share with him because no. the, the things that like – so we, we can we can talk about like – so there, there's two levels of this. And when I tried to talk about this on Twitter a couple of years ago, this is actually why Warriors were like we got into it. This was like the start of it was <clears> – what I was trying to explain was – I don't think you get to decide what speaks to your basketball soul. Now, that's like a that's like a conversation about preference and style and like how you think about the world and like the things that that flow through you as a passion, right? But like that none of that has any sort of regard for how I view Steph Curry as both a player <clears throat> and an individual. 
Like when people have been like, yeah, and Steph's this or that, when they try and attack him on like a personal level as being weak or whatever, I'm like, look, I've been in scrums with the dude. I've never interviewed him one-on-one, but I've been in scrums with the dude. And every single time I've been blown away by his professionalism, respect, humility, and overall quality of character. Like that dude has done nothing to to tarnish the game or himself or do bad things. Like he's a devoted father and husband. Like there is nothing you can come at on Steph on a personal level. Hashtag rise of Steph Curry, golden out now in stories. <laughs> so like there's no there's no level you can attack to on that. But I also can't be it's not I'm not responsible for the fact that I don't enjoy I'm never watching a player jack up a shot from 35 feet. Even if jacking up that shot is a high percentage look that is well within the reins of the offense and is in actuality a better option than what they're going to get from trying to throw the ball to JaVale McGee, like that doesn't do anything for me. I'm just like, okay, all right. And honestly, because he does it at such a high rate, it's dead to me. I'm just like, okay, he hit another three. Great. Okay, great. Awesome. The other part of it also is that, and my larger question I've actually never asked you, is that Steph Curry was one of the main reasons that the Denver Nuggets and the Memphis Grizzlies aren't teams that are good anymore. Um, And you have covered both teams, right? And do like at least one of the teams. So uh, my usual assumption is that that's one of the things that will cause you to have a, maybe a different opinion on Steph Curry. Right. That makes, that makes sense. Right. That makes, that makes a lot of sense. And I understand like, like I legitimately, I legitimately understand why you feel that way. Um, Here's what I tell you is like, I have a real serious um, dedication to not letting those things impact how I view things. Um, There are guys that have done things that are like legitimately bad and those things stick with me. Like those things stick with me. Like certain events that have gone on in Colorado, those things tend to stay with me. And how I Okay. But that like that's not nothing to do with this. Um, here's what I will admit to you, okay? The Warriors caused me more cognitive dissonance than any team I have encountered. Um, and what I mean by that is there was a framework for how I viewed basketball. And I thought that as a professional who had worked really hard to get himself a job in this industry, even though it was largely a product of luck and privilege, I still had put in the hours. I wanted what I thought to be relevant and consistent and insightful. And the Warriors versus the Nuggets blew that to absolute shit because they redefined everything within the prism of, look, if you just shoot beyond all reason, beyond the arc, it doesn't matter. Nothing else matters if you're able to shoot like this. They and really, there was a- they really are Silicon Valley. They essentially disrupted your entire <laughs> basketball yeah. view. <laughs> right. And so, and as a result, I can admit that I did hold, uh, I think, a negative viewpoint because mm. of that frustration. But like in time, you had to let go of that because that they became the new reality. Mm. Like now, I talk about things within the framework of what I've heard from scouts, which is like, look, man, in today's NBA. If you can't shoot, you can't be on the floor. It doesn't matter what else you do. If you can't shoot, you can't be on the floor. And that is entirely related to the Warriors. Now, some of this is like, uh, is like, yeah, like I was really excited to cover like the Nuggets, even though I don't have a personal attachment to the team. But it was like I, I, I moved to an NBA city. I was covering a playoff run. They won 57 games. They were the three seed. I thought they would lose in the second round, but I was excited to follow that journey. And instead, Draymond Green, who had an EFG that season of 40 percent, <laughs> shot 75 percent versus it wasn't Curry. It was Draymond. It was that David Lee went down. 
And Draymond had a 75% EFG for the rest of that series. And that was hard for me to square. But in time, you get past it and you move on. The Grizzlies thing I will argue with this on because my entire thing with that Grizzlies run in 2015 was this. I continuously said, this team has not faced adversity. And they hadn't. That was their first season together. And like everything went swimmingly, right? Like if you remember, like everyone talked about like they had no injuries. Like they faced the Pelicans who weren't at all prepared to face them in the first round. They had never. And my whole thing was, I want to see what they do when it actually gets tough. And they were down 2-1 to the Grizzlies and they faced adversity. And you know what? They fucking responded the way that great teams do. And after that point, I was just like, look, this is just an incredibly great team. Like this just is now this, the Curry stuff is, is magnified within the, the framework of a very complicated th- uh, way that I think about him. And this has to do with the Dave McMenamin thing, right? Which I get why Warriors fans are like throwing Molotov cocktails over it. I get it. I do. <clears throat> what I try and explain, and I, I'm going to write, I've decided I'm going to write it before I'm going to write it in April before the playoffs begin. I'm hoping to do some reporting on it too. Um, I started talking a couple of weeks ago when I finally kind of got the, the phrasing on it, which is, and you guys have seen me tweet this before, Durant raises the floor, Curry raises the ceiling. The specific thing that I think is that I don't believe Steph Curry becomes the Steph Curry that we know him as, as this all-time top five player eventually, two-time MVP, the greatest shooter of, well, he'd still be the greatest shooter of all time. He's that good at shooting. Um, but this this super cyan force that has made Under Armour relevant for 35 seconds, like that stuff doesn't happen if he's not specifically with this Warriors team. That they, they, did, they did build basically the, the perfect team to maximize everything he can do. Now, now, you're right, now, now. But this is the key part because everyone says, but without him, I'm like, you didn't, don't let, well, yeah, let me finish. The key is the Warriors are never anything. They, like, if you take him off of it, you've seen this. They have Kevin Durant, Clay Thompson, and Draymond Green. And they're still just, yeah, they're a really, really good team. They can win the title. But they're not an all-time great team. The ability to, to take a great team and make them into literally – I can – if you ask me, hey, I need you to write 800 words on why the Golden State Warriors team currently constructed is the greatest team in NBA history. I don't have to do mental gymnastics. I just have to put together numbers. That's it. And Curry is the reason for that. Like Curry is a situational element here because of what he does. Now – I cannot tell you, in all honesty, I cannot tell you that if Steph Curry had been drafted by the Knicks, this works out the way that it did. You want to know why? I've watched the fucking Knicks for 15 years. Mm, The Warriors were the Warriors then, so. They were. That's absolutely true. But the Warriors also drafted Draymond Green. The Warriors also drafted Klay Thompson. And most importantly, the Warriors got bought by Joe Lacob. Yeah, I mean, but. My, my response is part of it, right? Like, sure, my, but my response miss, to that point is that this is what we miss: is that te- great teams are the product of an incredible combination of kismet, karma, fate, and work, and all of it has to come together. You can have everything fall right for you, but if you don't work for it, it's not going to happen. Like Steph Curry's an inc- incomparable worker. Like that guy had so many ankle injuries, he could have just been like, "Well, I'm just going to be like a normal rotation guy, and that's it." But he didn't want to do that. And he worked and he did everything necessary and he got to this point. And when teams started triple teaming him, he could have been like, well, I guess I'll just pass now. Nope. Like 
the work has been there, but so has everything else. It's the product of everything. And I believe that to be special because I honestly believe that winning in the NBA, even though so many teams do it repeatedly, is really hard. It's really difficult. And that's what makes this Warrior team so special. And that's why I actually wish Warriors fans would see it from that perspective to understand, like, what I'm telling you is you are special. You're not just any other good team. Like, the Lakers can have a championship team every now and again when the when the league goes down in the toilets. Congratulations. The Lakers have never think about this. The Lakers have never had a team like Golden State has now. Think about that. Like that is incredible. Mid 80s Showtime is is one of the most iconic teams. You're it's right. Pretty, it is. It's pretty hard. I mean, it's not a well, but no team from the 80s or the 70s is as good as the best teams now. Right. Um, but my only I, I think everything you're saying is rational, but my only response to that is, yes, the Warriors basically put together the perfect combination of players to bring Steph's, like, to, to maximize everything he can do. I just do not see how that's necessarily different than any other unique star. Like, is, couldn't the same thing have been said about Jordan uh, before the triangle, before Scottie Pippen, before a lot of factors changed there he was essentially a great one-on-one player who was winning 47 games every year right like i i don't understand how this point about you know steph raising the the ceiling is is different from majority of kind of iconic players i i think because you do, and this is this is actually like a really sore point, and this is something I get that really frustrates me. My whole thing with great players and with every player is like, let's talk about them honestly. Let's appraise them with realist with realism. And what we wind up doing a lot of the time is because a player is great, and this happens with every single great player, and I'm including Russell Westbrook and LeBron James, even Michael Jordan. Yeah, let's we slow start- down on great for okay, Russ. Let's slow down and stop <laughs> putting them in the same names. Relax there. You are impossible. We are. <laughs> We're not, we're not but, going there. <laughs> but what we do is we start ascribing attributes to them that aren't correct. Now, if I say Steph Curry is just a shooter, that's horseshit, okay? And you guys would be quick. You get, like, Warriors fans rise up like the hordes, right? You become this, like, plague of locusts that would say, look at his finishing numbers, right? The thing is, is that I remember a time writing about him and Zach Harper, who adores Steph, would write about this quite often that, look, if you actually want to limit him, make him take layups because he's not as good at them. And he wasn't as good as a finisher. But then he added that to his game so that when teams started crowding him, he could still get to the rim and he could finish. And the result of that is that Steph Curry is an an, an unbelievable scorer in every aspect. Long range, mid range, off the move, catch and shoot yeah, at the if, rim. If anything, he he um he just he developed the skills in kind of the opposite order that most great scorers right. do. That's, which is kind good, of funny to yeah, when you think about. That's a great point. So that's like that is unquestionable. But that's his identity. You do not watch Steph Curry and go, God, he's just so versatile the way that you do with LeBron James or any number of other stars throughout history where you go like, he's so good. You don't you don't see the text Andy sends me when he sets a back screen. (laughs) That's the thing, right? But that's what we start to do is because you love him. You start to describe. (laughs) Do you remember? Do you remember? This is what always kills me is like. The 2016 run when the after the Thunder, I think it was after game. When was the comeback? So it must have been game, game six. Was the, the comeback game. was game six, clay game. Yeah. 
Uh, but it was game five was when they got off of like the ledge, uh, and they asked Russ and KD. Oh yeah, oh, the, the laugh. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, Do you think his defense is underrated? Like it always amazes me that 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 moment in history just glides right on by. Oh, like, thank you for reminding me. Now I gotta find the gif and use that for a couple like, of weeks. Well, there's a lot, <laughs> there's a lot to be said there about Kevin Durant as well, which is, by the way, something that was you hear a lot about in certain circles is about how Kevin Durant acted during that series in regards to the Warriors. Now, what's interesting here is. If you ask me about Steph Curry's defense, I'm actually like, look, the dude has been one of the best steel creators in the league over the last couple of years. He is an on-ball nightmare because of how quick his hands are, and that's all like it makes sense, right? Like his his wrist motion sure. is so quick on shooting, it makes sense that his hands would be quick too. I mean, he's just and got Steph's a great a, feel for the game in general. Usually, those guys can be okay right. on ball, right? And Steph's a willing defender in a way that <laughs> Russell Westbrook and James Harden are not. Like his effort is there in a way that their defense is not, and that puts him on another level, in my opinion, when we start to evaluate them overall as players. Um, but Steph Curry's also small, and he's not especially explosive off of his feet nor in terms of lateral movement. Like, it's okay to be like, no, Steph Curry's <laughs> a defensive liability in some situations. We don't have to suddenly make it up and be like, well, no, Steph Curry's like an all-world, all-NBA defender. Like, that's not true. So we can talk about these things honestly. And so what we get to is, getting back to the original question is, Curry's entire thing is driven from that three-point shot. Like his ability to get to the rim is created by the gravity that he creates. When people talk yeah, about but LeBron's entire game is based off of the fact that he can get to the rim at any time whenever he wants. Same thing with right. Russ or Jordan. But well, but the reason he can is because teams are so frightened by his three-point shot that they sure. are guarding him in fundamentally different ways. That doesn't discount it. It's just an element of it. And so what we get to here is this whole thing of the shooting really is the, dynamic. the whole game is what he did. Right. So when I talk about like, if I put Russell Westbrook on the Knicks, uh, okay. You hate Russ. Um, who's like a, who I need a level of guy. That's that's there. Kawhi <laughs> is Kawhi pretty. Is that decent? No, no one hates Kawhi. Kawhi has high okay. approvals. So like, even though a lot of Kawhi is that he was programmed by the Spurs and their crack team of it specialists. Sure. Um, let's say that, that it's not contextual because he does have at least the skill set to have succeeded anywhere. If you took Kawhi at least like right now, this is a good point. If you took Kawhi right now out of San Antonio and you put him in New York, Kawhi Leonard is going to be fundamentally the same player and is going to have the same impact and all of those kind of things. I honestly do not know what happens if you put Steph Curry on the New York Knicks. All right. Not okay. That I'm like, all right. That I'm like, look, they're going to be garbage. All right. I'm just like, look, I don't know. I don't I've, know. What I've had it. All I right. Think, I think that we, point we, at that point may have been true when he was 23. I don't yeah. think it's it's anything for the last four years. <laughs> we're we're going to, we, I would love to argue Steph for an hour, but um, my, my, so my last point, if we're going to move on to the next one, um, because you just said, because you said that is, is you're talking about the nuggets three seed and et cetera, et cetera, how they, you know, they were a team that's coming up. I think that goes for players as well. I think Chris Paul, uh, mad that he should have been the next guy up. LeBron was his boy until Steph became good, and now now they hate each. Well, actually, LeBron hates Steph. Steph I mean, Russ really was better than Steph until he wasn't. And then he just went over him. And players yeah. hate that. Players hate him for that. So that's my point. Um, that actually goes into yours as well earlier. So well, I think well, we're gonna I, move. I, no, I gotta I gotta add one thing. On. This is important okay. though. I gotta, add, I gotta add on though. Go for it. The reason I will tell you this is my theory on why that is actually because I know it's easy to just be like okay. they hate and they jealous. It's legitimately this. It looks and feels so easy for Steph in a way that it has never been easy for. Yeah, 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 that's a good point. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Every because that that explains why every kid 
you know, thinks they can be like, Steph's even said, I think Mark is writing a piece that there are guys that came up to him to play him one-on-one and Steph would be like, those guys really think they could beat me. They would literally <laughs> walk on the court and think they could just post them up one-on-one and beat the guy. Fantasy sports fans, listen up. Did you know that your chances of winning on draft are 80% better? 80% better? It's like a Steph 3. That's why draft is my favorite sports site. No more getting crushed by the pros. And it's not just me. More than 1 million people that have already downloaded draft 2. Play in a real live draft site right now. Be done under five minutes and get paid out the next day. Drafts are filling every second so you can join one whenever you want. And Andy is not exaggerating when he says in five minutes. I was skeptical. I signed up, got got the draft done in about five minutes, and boom, my lineup was set for that night, and I ended up winning some money. So you guys should definitely do it. Code hard cash. So all new players, for you guys that are joining, all new players get a free entry into a real money draft when you make your first deposit, but you have to use me and Sam's promo code light years. That's right. Play in a real money draft for free just by using our promo code light years but it gets even better draft is so sure that you guys will love it that they're even offering light years pot listeners a money back guaranteed up to a hundred dollars it's basically free money enter the code light years they're guaranteeing you up to a hundred dollars so but your first few plays are going to be free and if you win you get to pocket that money what, what do you guys have to lose so just go search draft your app store go to draft.com and come play free right now with light years promo code light years we're gonna go into draymond <laughs> another one of your favorites and the refs he had a piece he had a quote that came i'm not gonna read the whole quote but um a guy that's known for tax and you know the stuff that he does on the court um, so his quote is in regards to the refs and a possible solution. This is what he said. He said, quote, they can get a new crop of referees, a new crop. Green said too many personal things going on too much me against you. It just doesn't work that way. End quote. What's going on oh, here? Oh, Draymond. Um, <laughs> I guess I'll go first. This, this got my radar going kind of worries me because it does feel like well, I mean, Draymond's always walking the line, but it, it's feeling like 2016 again where he's just kind of going off the rails and I'm just waiting for this to bite him in the ass one more time. Um, I don't think he's wrong uh, about the refs this year. Like, that's a point that pretty much every NBA player has that the officiating, like just the relations between the players and the officials is, is not the best it's ever been. But it's it's the lack of self-awareness that, like, of all people to say it, like the only person who it would be funnier to have that quote come from would be Boogie Cousins, basically. Um, so I don't think it's a good thing. I think it's only going to lead to him getting himself into more trouble and getting himself kicked out of games. And God knows, probably in an untimely game or two in the playoffs. It's funny for a team whose entire ethos and enables and uh, identifies as sacrifice better than anybody else, right? Like everybody sacrifices because right. everybody sacrifices. And because everybody sacrifices, everybody's cool with sacrificing. Draymond remains uncompromising. And this has been his identity is like. It's also Draymond. why he's how he was able to get to the level he has. But yes, like it's definitely. Yeah. It, well, no, I'm not. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. Like, I've, I, by the way, I 100 percent legitimately when all seriously, honestly, love Draymond Green and everything about him. I just love 
everything about the man. It's amazing. Like his story, his attitude, his thoughtfulness, his game, uh, his passing. He's the best passer on the Warriors. Like he's it's, it's unbelievable. Um, I would say that he's uncompromising. Uh, and I think a lot of it, honestly, is this is like if you want to know what like the real threat to the Warriors is, it's just going to it's boredom. And the way that there's like everything's going to start to lose meaning. And you see this already with him. Like he can't get mad about losing to the Clippers last night because it's like we've won two titles in three years. We won 73 games. We won 67 last year. We're going to win 60 plus this year. We're going to win the title again. Who cares? Like the ability to get mad at these things fades over time. And motivation is a huge thing for Draymond. So he's still going to take slights in all of these situations. And like, yeah, he doesn't need to be getting himself involved into taking slights from the refs though, because then you're, then you're playing against the refs and that's always a dicey proposition. As long as he doesn't hit anybody in the testicles as a result of somebody stepping over him and it wasn't his fault and he was provoked. As long as that doesn't happen, he's going to be fine. I'll tell you, this is what's crazy is like the fact that Draymond complained so much. That is a dude that I identified really early on, like his first and second years in the league. Cause I track this kind of stuff, not on like, I'm not making like data notes, but like I do like note these things down in the, my various scribbles is like Draymond has always gotten an incredible amount of respect from the refs. That may be shocking to hear, but like he wins a lot of 50, 50 calls that traditionally against superstar players, I would expect to be, Blocking calls, he gets the charge. Where he swipes, he doesn't get a foul call. Yeah, he gets that Andre Godala. We know you're a good defender. We're assuming it was clean call. Right, right. And he's gotten that since very early on in his career. But because, again, the dude is so uncompromising, he wants every call. And he just wants complete capitulation. And you you saw it with with, – what was the magazine article that he did before the season that everybody was like, holy God, like he was just off the chain arrogant where he was Uh, just – I know exactly what piece you're, you're referring the to. The Daryl Morey. Yeah, where he basically um, – was it the one where he said, like, yeah, I was so mad we didn't sweep Cleveland, that one? Yeah, he said I was mad I, we I didn't sweep Cleveland. I can't remember what it was for. And I think it, it was, was, either like G- it was either GQ, yeah, it was either GQ or Esquire. And, like, that's who he is where he's just like, no. And I remember also – if you remember after the suspension, and he initially was like, like, yeah, like, I really regret that. It was, like, a really dark moment. And then over time, he eventually got to a place where he's like, no, I don't regret it. No. I, 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 don't, know, I don't know they that I agree with that. I think he pretty, he's, he's always going to he's gonna wear that one because he knows he costs it. Yeah, he re- that, that one he, he actually, he truly I, I don't it. think that affects him in I the remember moment, a quote. I'll have, to find, I'll have to find it. I think, if it, well, I guess if anything, I think he he's lying. Play. If he's quoting that, he says he didn't. Yeah, he, he does. He does. And, and, and I, I don't think it changes the fact that in the moment he, he goes back, you know, like anyone else in, in a heated moment, you go back to your instincts and his instincts are not to be, um, uh, he's not Steph Curry. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's not. He's not going to. He's not going to let someone just. I mean, like the, it wasn't even that. It wasn't even about LeBron stepping over them that time. It was about everything else that he had done before that. Because anybody that steps over you, you're gonna go after him. Like yeah. if you don't, then I mean, it's not that you're a man. You're just not a person. But everything that, that like, he did and before, like, and like over time, yeah. like over time, these things, like even his things with the refs, like he'll get over those. The biggest, I like. He, he's honestly like a fascinating question of like, how is he going to keep up his motivation? I'm like, like I think how, how is he better, gonna keep up when he's not as good anymore? I, I think, think the better the question. question is how is he gonna like he he plays outside of his body. Like he does he he physically plays in a way that like you know, like this guy's six six 
that's not going to last forever. So how is he going to play when his body starts um, slowing down? Because like he's still in his physical prime at this point. Yeah. yeah, I also wonder just like if he's going to get to the point where like he just starts eating tacos just like a lot, <laughs> just like I, like. <laughs> He would be a player that would just be like, we can win a title if I let myself go. It's fine. Like, I like he's like, it's either him or Clay, and I can't decide which one is more likely to go down that road. So, <laughs> might be, might be KD more likely given the work ethics of, uh, of Dre and Clay. But, uh, actually, we have a, we have a Dre Clay question coming up. So, we have a real or fake news segment, uh, okay. that we like to go with. We haven't done um, this one in a while. So, um, we'll read you, you a statement. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll start. We'll read you a statement and you, you say if it's real or fake news. And react okay. to it. Um, so we'll start with this one. Your your favorite type of question here. If the Pelicans would accept, the Warriors should trade both Clay and Draymond for Anthony Davis. This fake is news. from the they TK piece. That, that, that's fake news. They don't have to do that. Why? Why would like that? They should they not? Maybe should they though? No, I'm saying they can get Anthony Davis without having to trade either one of them. <laughs> mm. Oh gosh. Oh, that's true. He's taking uh, the mid level. Yeah. To give that's him. what I'm like. Look, <laughs> why? Why? The the whole Warriors thing is like we don't have to compromise. Like they should have had to compromise and had to choose between Clay Thompson and Kevin Durant. They didn't have to. Like they made it, they made it work. <laughs> why are we talking about this? No. Like they'll get Anthony Davis for whatever. They'll just figure it out. I believe this. They'll just get it for whatever. No, it's fake news. <laughs> in the um, hypothetical sense that you did have to actually give up those two players. Um, I mean, I'll look, honestly, I'll, I'll say, it, I'll say it's fake news. And the reason is like, why, um, why mess with a good thing <laughs> or a great I, thing? I think Davis is awesome, but look, Draymond green because of what he's able to do specifically at his position in the combination of ways he does it, defending at a defensive player of the year level while leading the team in assists, that's independently special. And right. you can't replicate that. You can't tell Anthony Davis, we need you to be defensive player of the year and lead the team in assists. And he'd be like, I don't understand what you're saying to me right now. Like, that's <laughs> that's not something he could do, you know? And your entire... Well, the well beauty- Pat McCall just start averaging eight assists a game. If, we, like, if that trade the, happens, so the, don't worry. Like about the it. beauty, the beauty of the Warriors is that everybody moves the ball, and if you take out their best passer, and, and honestly, he. <clears throat> so I, I retweeted the the mic'd up segment from Christmas, and right. it's a really great illustration of just Draymond constantly barking and leading. The, like it's just so apparent how much he's the floor general for that team, how everybody else is just like a bunch of really good scorers, and he's like the floor general, and. Anthony Davis is never going to be that for you. Honestly, if it was like Clay Thompson for Anthony Davis, you can. I don't know that you're better or worse. You're still going to win the title. Um, you can make that move if you think it's worth it. Maybe it makes you better. I don't know how much. Like part of my thing with the Warriors, I'm like, I don't know how much better you can get. But if you want to go down that road, sure. But I would not trade Draymond Green for for Anthony Davis. I mean, oh. the the Warriors oh. are. Uh, if if any of you've read or seen the movie American Psycho, they are. Uh, you know, you can always be, can always be thinner, look better. It's pretty much the Warriors ethos. So that is true. They want to, they want to keep this as sustainable as possible, which is, uh, my, my argument is that they'll always be there if they can keep getting guys like McCall and Jordan Bell. Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I would, I wouldn't, I might not just kind of hearing what Matt's saying about Draymond Green, but you're kind of thinking, you know, a couple of years down the line, cause this is not next year, but a couple of years down the line, 
uh, you might not have a choice. Like Draymond might not be Draymond, and and Clay uh, is going to be a free agent anyway. So sure, yeah. Know. No, look, if you ask me, like, if 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 you're asking me, like, hey, if Draymond gets to be bad, should they trade a bad Draymond for Anthony <laughs> Davis? Yes, they should trade a bad Draymond. For <laughs> well, Anthony the decision's Davis. not this season. That's the thing. Like, right. I, I think it's uh, well, at least. I will tell you, I was, ta- I was talking about this on on uh, on my podcast with Harper. Is like it's going to be a race between the, the Warriors and the Celtics and the Celtics, and I'll tell you, like. Ainge will deal all of those players that the Celtics love <laughs> right now. Like he will trade them in a heartbeat to get Anthony Davis. Yeah, this this isn't really a secret. You talk to anyone plugged in, and it's like it it's borderline tampering with both those teams. The level yeah. of the like, I mean, it's it's the same thing everyone was doing with Durant two years ago. God knows what you know what everyone did with LeBron to you know in two thousand eight or two thousand nine. Like this sort of stuff happens. Yeah. All right. Well, the next one, another one for Matt. He's going to enjoy this one. Uh, real or fake news? Would Marcus Saul help the Cleveland Cavaliers versus the Warriors come true? Um, true. Um, it's real news. It would help. But it's like, oh, hey, you got to game six. Congratulations. <laughs> like that's <clears throat> That's the deal is like. He makes them better. Um, he does a lot of things that the Warriors hate. Like he hedges on those screens versus versus right. Steph, and, and it annoys the hell out of Steph when he can't, when he tries to get to the edge and he can't, and he's just like, God, stupid mountain always in the way. Um, <laughs> he's he's nasty in a way that he bends the rules just enough to never actually get called for it. Um, and you guys do not respond well to that. Like not not exactly like a a big like yeah, it's like him and Stephen Adams and well Andrew Bogut four years ago are the players who come to mind who do that stuff all the time. You're always like right on the verge of an emotional meltdown, right? That's part of how you're built, and it's part of what makes you great. But that's just part of the the deal. <laughs> so like it, he helps, but Steph's still gonna break his ankles and put up the, and score the three pointer on him and. Um, they're still going to get out in transition and, and like, it's not going to, it won't solve all the rest of their problems. So like he helps, he makes them better. I do. I do wonder in, in the, <laughs> the hypothetical world where they got him, if they would actually commit to playing slower and kind of more at the tempo that he likes to play at, because I feel like that fits. Well, one LeBron can play at any tempo, but it, it probably fits the rest of the roster more so than this up-tempo thing Cleveland's trying to do. Yeah, and, like, they just need defensive personnel, right? Like, sure. he can give you scoring. He's a really great passer. He he duplicates a little bit of Love's outlet passing ability. Right. Uh, he's an exceptionally smart player. Um, he's a guy. The one Kind of the only thing I will say is, like, the problem with Marcus is it's never consistent. Um, you know how Marcus is always like, why are these dudes trying to post up Draymond? Um yeah. The reason is if you do post up Draymond and you actually start scoring on him, the Warriors defense starts to to rattle really badly because they're all like, wait, this is supposed to be OK. We, we're supposed to be able to put this guy in isolation against anybody. And it's fine. When Draymond starts getting scored on, the whole defense starts to get a little rickety rackety. And it's like it's why you go after him is if you can win that matchup, you can't because he's awesome and he's Draymond. But if you can win that matchup, it helps you go a long way. So if Mark has one of those games in the finals where he just, for whatever reason, decides to actually care and score, which is not something he does a lot, but if he actually dedicates himself and he gets it going, 
you can win a game that way. Like Marcus all scores 27 gives Draymond the business. Draymond comes back the next game, next game and shuts him down. But like you can win a game that way. And these are all the things that you're trying to like build together in order to put together some sort of formula to, to get to a game seven. Yeah. He is a coach killer though. Right. Let's just get that clear. I mean, maybe, I don't know. He's weird. All I know is he's a, he's a weird dude. And his weirdness has started to annoy the players around him more as the years have gone by. I know you're wanting to like tweak me because I've loved his game for so long, but like I also can't get around like the realities of the situation. I'm I'm very much like a I'm going to dedicate myself to being real about the NBA. Like I do this day in and day out. I can't live in a fantasy land. So like yeah, Marcus All is a weird <laughs> dude who got David Fisdale fired, and that's on him. Okay. Um. Well, I'll take the next one. Um, let's see. What do I have here? Okay. The NBA coaches, and by that I mean Rick Carlisle and Stan Van Gundy, because now we've got coaches going in different directions, are right about LeVar Ball. Fake fucking news. Just unbelievable. Just nonsense. I just, I cannot stand this. And I have all the respect in the world for Rick Carlisle, not only as a coach, but as head of the Coaches Association. Like, I've interviewed him about Bill Fitch, who needs to be in the Hall of Fame before. Um, and I think he's a great spokesman for the Coaches Association. But this, if you are so upset about this, <laughs> why don't you say, hey, LeVar Ball, why don't you shut the hell up? You don't know what you're talking about. No one says that. They don't even say his name. And to me, it seems a lot like it's because they don't want to get into a feud with him because they know if they say LeVar Ball needs to shut up, that what's going to happen is LeVar is going to respond with a whole, let me tell you about Rick Carlisle, blah, 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 blah. And then he's in a feud and he has to deal with it versus if he pops off at ESPN, he's beaten up on reporters, staffers, and editorial people who do not have the same kind of power, money, or influence that Rick Carlisle has. And so, like, I don't have any respect for this nonsense whatsoever. See, I, I have a different angle on it. I think... I think Carlisle knows he none of the nothing he's saying is going to change anything. I think this is a pure, as they say, a play to the base to just yeah. like appease his appease the coaches and show that you know oh I'm you know I'm I'm looking out for you guys that sort of thing because it, it it was pure grandstanding in kind of like a yes everyone agrees like it's you know it's it's eye roll inducing the amount of attention Lavar gets uh, but that's just because people eat up that content more than anything. Um, I, so I just think Carlisle was just kind of trying to just kind of basically kind of, you know, a, a fake show of, you know, I got, I got you guys to the coaches. A lot of this is that they're thinking, you know, Popovich talking today, like, well, consider the source. Like he's not, he's not insightful. He's not knowledgeable. He's not well-spoken. He's not, like saying insightful things. So who cares what he says? Like it's any parent. What, like what are you going to go to any parent? And it's like, you cannot compare any parent to LeVar. LeVar was a media entity in the draft. The Lakers knew that they knew what they were getting into. They knew what they were getting into when they drafted Lonzo and they thought they could handle it. And it turns out they can't, even though a lot of us were like, you probably can't handle this. No, he'll be fine. It'll be fine. Everything's going to be great. It's not great. It's a fucking I, problem. I do often wonder about the alternate universe where they pass on him and, you know, Lonzo ends up in who is right after like, like uh, Orlando or something, you know, or, you know, or, or God, Sac like Sacramento. What, what, if he's, what if he's what if he's making not what if he's talking about about Brad? 
And like, yeah, well, the Celtics imagine, aren't taking him. Imagine NBA Twitter driven between LeVar Ball and Brad Stevens. Oh, Lord. Just <laughs> imagine it. So, you know, my thing is you knew what you were getting into. And the other thing you can the better comparison is like, what if this high school student was dating some famous singer like Kobe Bryant and Brandy dated right in high school? Like Kobe Bryant took Brandy to prom. Like imagine like some pop star is dating Lonzo. And she's constantly talking about Lonzo and about his game and about this, that, and the other. If you draft him, you know that she's likely to say stuff because she is a massive platform because she's famous. LeVar, whether we like it or not, whether it's fair or not, whether it's correct or not, is famous. And so when he says these things, it's going to get traction. And you could talk about, like, ESPN shouldn't give him the microphone. And I will tell you this. If ESPN had not given them the microphone, somebody else would have. Right. It's not a— Flat out, that was going to happen. You can look on ESPN's site. This was kind of jarring to me uh, on their like on the videos. Everything was somewhere between ten and twenty five k clicks, and Lavar video three hundred fifty thousand clicks right in the middle of all those. So like it it he you you can say it's ESPN, but people are clicking on it as opposed well, to clicking on all the other stuff that they publish. Here's another comparison. The movie Kangaroo Jack, which came out in 1999, is about two dudes that get, like, lost in Australia and a kangaroo steals their car, okay? Kangaroo Jack made $100 million. It made $100 million. Should Kangaroo Jack have been made? It's a horrible movie. (laughs) It's a complete disaster. It made $100 million. So clearly there was a market there, and I understand the news integrity of it, but one of the things I argue with is ESPN never presented LeVar as, as somebody who was a reputable source. It did not say, LeVar Ball says that Luke Walton is this, so therefore he should be fired. That is not the way it was presented. It was just this dude that everyone listened to said this thing, and that's been happening since the beginning of time, and it's going to continue to happen. <laughs> I had a— uh... I had no idea we're going to go down Kangaroo Jack tonight, Matt, but, <laughs> hey, I respect it. I respect that's why it. I'm, that's what I'm here. That's why I bring. <laughs> we've, got, uh, we've got one more for you. Um, so, real or fake news, uh, you have – Matt Moore has blocked more Warriors fans than any other fan base. And if that's not true, who? No, it's true. <laughs> I'll, I'll cop. It's true. All right, then we got to um, know that the top five – if give us the top five blocked fan bases in order, and obviously it's not going to be exact, but just off the, top the of your head, problem, the or that you dislike. I, the, the nah, reason I, I just want to know the block thing. <laughs> the, the reason I had to was because no fan base has called me a bitch more <laughs> than Golden State. Like it's always like I got I just because I, I just started going on the, when it got bad I was just like if you say bitch if you say get your panties out of a bunch if you say like any of these things which are just really dripping with sexism I, I'm going to block you and I tend to do that on on homophobic slurs got a lot of those too I do get homophobic slurs from other fan bases I'm not going to say which Boston Celtics fan base it is but that's the <laughs> one that I get like a lot from um oh I got actually I had a good one today. I um, I basically criticized a ringer piece today that was saying the Celtics are the greatest young team of all time. I'm like, I don't know. They kind of have two in their prime all-stars. You can't really compare them to the 2009 Thunder. And right. next thing I know, I have Celtic fans yeah. letting, you know, 
just I'm, I'm um, not gonna repeat it, but it was going yeah, down. Matt, the if you don't know, Matt, like, I've gone. Expand now. Here's the thing is like I I've gone around the block with like all of them. So like Utah fans, <laughs> it got really ugly between me and Utah fans in like 2000 and probably 12. Yeah, like 2012 it was real ugly with Utah fans. But then it got better and I once I start saying good things about the team and I'm because I say good things when the team is good or when they make good decisions, then all of a sudden it's like, oh, "I really like this guy." Like Nets fans and I are in a really good place because they hired a good GM. I like their roster, I like their direction, I like their coach, and so I have good things to say about them. Um, you know, and Celtics fans, I understand their frustration with me for a lot of reasons, but like um they're one I've continuously clashed with for a lot of different reasons. Um but I still have a lot of respect for the franchise and then this team's just really really good um and a lot of fun to watch they're a lot of fun to watch um on the celtics i gotta ask you are would you say the warriors and the celtics are somewhat parallel fan bases i've 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 said the celtics are kind of like our racist uncles no um (laughs) no no you're shooting my theory down okay yeah you know great gatsby and the conversation about old money versus new money sure they're old money and you're new money okay that's the that's the play is like you guys are like the tech and you're very much Silicon Valley. Right. right. It's like we're here to disrupt things and we're just going to do things better. And no, we're not going to do this thing. And no, we're not going to stand for this. And no, we're not going to accept this. And yeah, we're better. So what? Um, and then the Boston Celtics are very much like you look at our tradition. 18, 18, 18 banners. Have you mentioned 18 banners? Grace franchise. Brad Stevens. Brad Stevens. <laughs> like they have talking points. Like it's a different it's a difference in like approaches there. Um, the, the franchises of uh, the teams I block the most are Golden State, Boston, the Lakers. If you notice, lots of teams with success, right? Um, so not OKC and not Cleveland. Um, Cavs are probably four Ooh. because of the, the time period where they were bad and I was ruthless to them because they oh, were bad. So more during the bad years than the LeBron years. Yeah. I, I would have just assumed with LeBron comes a thousand, you know, thousands of insufferable <laughs> fans to the same way you, you get with the Warriors or any other team. No, and like I'm, I was pretty good about calling them out for it too. Um, <laughs> I do tend to lean more towards small markets. Like I grew up in Arkansas and went to the University of Missouri, and I live in Colorado. Like I, I'm I, like I'm a small market dude, and it's difficult because as I get older, and I relayed this to you two gentlemen after I went out for the right. finals and hung out in San Francisco, is I'm like, it's just really better here. I, it's just a, especially like right now, it's been like 20 degrees in Colorado forever. And I'm just like, I really want to go to the bed. Like, I'm like trying to think, like, is there any way I could justify going to a Golden State game? Is there any way I could talk myself into being able to go out there? Yeah, it was um, 58 today. It was pretty cold. And then, yeah, go to hell. Um, and then five is probably oh, Utah's on the list. Portland's on the list. Really? Yeah. Portland. Portland's get Portland's. They are zealots. Like they are zealots. If that team ever has warriors like success, God help us all. Uh, wow. And then the last one is probably, um, gosh, Raptors fans. Yeah. Raptors. Oh, that's right. You do whine about the Raptors. I forgot about that one. That's right. I've never had a negative Raptors experience. Um, that's because you guys haven't played them in the finals. I just, I, I just Dude. want. 
Dude. I just want somebody besides Cleveland to make the finals just so I could see you two interact with the fan bases of Boston <laughs> or Toronto. I'm so excited for this. Like, I want Celtics Twitter versus Warriors Twitter so badly. I can taste it. I'm just going to sit back in front of Twitter and just watch the world burn on my timeline. It, but it, won't, be, it won't be as pure as like uh, Andy and I dealing with it like the first time the Warriors were in the finals or you're a little less sure of yourself. It's a little lot, lot more anxiety. Like at this point, it, it's, it's going to take someone having like a 20 point lead in a closeout game for me to get in any way anxious. Right. So. But I think the thing is, though, is like I say that Boston now. fans attitude is such like who who was that what did you say I said, <laughs> like I, I, here's the best part the days leading up to it will be awesome because there will be a lot of um a lot of look we're probably gonna lose but and i'm gonna retweet all of those and tag the both of you in it <laughs> and andy's gonna take to the bait every single time with lmao <laughs> every single time and then boston fans are gonna see that and then they're gonna it's gonna be beautiful i just i really want this to happen because like the cast fans you know and you guys know this at this point the cast fans at this point are like yeah you're gonna win yeah we know. yeah yeah well, it's you're just, right it's it's not as fun yeah we, we know we all know each other way too well at this point there's no which is great i think it's cool that you guys have like relationships with cast yeah, fans I there's no cool. um it's it's lost its luster in that sense. Like, yeah, if if it's Toronto or Boston, there'll be some new character who, who just catches oh, Andy off guard. Oh, Boston gets them all ruffled the one, up. Like, I need I need Mannix in the locker room trying to fight me. Like, that's what I need. Like <laughs> by by June. Like, if I don't get that, it's not going to be a successful final. Oh, when Boston. the first when the first Boston media piece on uh, Draymond being a loose cannon or some, oh, something that's like not even necessarily oh, yes. off, but written with a Boston tilt comes out. <laughs> that'll be that'll be the best day. He's a thug. Just, I can't wait for that one. <laughs> yeah, and, and it's God, I want it so badly. I just because <laughs> the thing is, is there's there's I can I, I can tell you who you'll be cool with. Like like Alex Kungu over at Celtics blog is just like a really good dude, and he's an incredibly smart writer. And you guys will have like a good conversation. Um, and like Dan Dan over at, at Barstool, uh, who writes the Celtics section over there, like he's legitimately like Barstool or not, like he's legitimately like a really great. Like he's a great writer and a good dude, and you guys will, will will get along. John Corrales of Red's Army, but like I can also think of like fifteen other Celtics dudes who are in my mentions. Where I'm like, oh, I want this so bad. I need this matchup. I need this Twitter matchup. Oh, okay. Um, no more, no, no more Celtics plugs. That's that's for Sam to do on other pods. Um, all right, Matt. Uh, congratulations. We I didn't get to say it. Um, you you are on to bigger and better things. So so if you got something to plug, uh, we'll give you some time. Yeah, here. tell us about the Action Network. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I, I love CBS and I'm now with actionnetwork.com. Um, we're a site that's doing high level analysis along with gambling and, and betting and DFS angles. So you can learn all about, you can actually look and find out, um, how much LMAO stuff better. Um, we can give you <laughs> in-depth numbers on that. And in years past, I would be like, you can find out all the neat, interesting situations in which the warriors absolutely destroy against the spread. But you guys have been absolutely horrible versus the spread this year you're 18 23 and one against the spread this year but better a little bit better lately but overall very disappointing i need them to get back on track so i can write more about how good <laughs> the warriors are against the spread start beating teams by more we need Steph back so we can start beating teams by more i think i think it's coming the after the all-star break i think you're, i think you're gonna get a month of them running off everything against the spread before they pack it in for the playoffs that's um, my prediction 
Yeah, so I've got a new podcast there called Spread the Floor. You can find that on iTunes. Talk to Zach Harper this week. I'm talking to Tim Bontemps sometime next couple of days. Um, I'm going to have one of you two idiots on at some point down the line, and we're going to talk <laughs> Warriors. Um, uh, lots of great stuff. I do daily lines over there. It's a lot of fun. High-level analysis, all the same kind of stuff. Check it out. You can subscribe to our new newsletter at actionnetwork.com. Cool. Beautiful. I can't wait, man. All right. Okay, uh, we are like, can we close the book on the Steph discussion now then? Can it I, is I officially be, I, closed until you, I, until your no, no, next, no, you, you until your next problematic this is between me and the, uh, me and your, me and your partner. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? No more. You want no more jokes. You want no more Steph jokes. No, I, no, no. Oh no. I expect that. Uh, like if you're not sending me LMAO Steph better, I'm going to be disappointed. Like it's part of my day now, but like, I'm just saying, do you understand uh, – do you have a better idea of my position on Steph Curry? Does it make sense to you now? And uh, You don't have to agree with it. That's fine. You know, you know what it is, Matt? I've always understood what you were trying to say. I, I just enjoy trying to piss you off at every moment. <laughs> that, no, I'm and truly – damn good at it. So. <laughs> I've always no, – and I've written for your site, and I actually read all your writings, which I don't think people probably believe when, they, when they're on the timelines, but – um, no, I knew what you were saying the whole time. I just enjoy trying to trying to trying to uh, tick you off. So well, I I appreciate you giving me this opportunity to, to like elucidate it because I actually haven't done it. Like I haven't I haven't had an opportunity. I feel like way better. I feel like I feel like I, <laughs> it's I like just therapy. had. Like, I feel like I just had a massive bowel movement. Like I'm just <laughs> ah, everything just feels lighter. Bringing my stuff. That I think that's that's how we're going out. I think that's how we're going to end guys. this week. Thanks, Matt. Thank you so much, Matt. Did you know a 2018 study showed half of prenatal vitamins tested had unacceptable levels of heavy metals? I'm Kat, mother of three and founder of Ritual. When I was four months pregnant, I couldn't find a prenatal I could trust, so I created my own. Ours is made traceable, third-party tested for heavy metals, and recently earned the Purity Award from the Clean Label Project. But don't just take my word for it. Get 25% off at ritual.com slash podcast.